Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we are joined by Mr. Derek Gallimore. Now, if you've ever been interested in using outsourcing, using global talent to help you grow your business, this is the episode for you. Uh, Derek's got a wealth of knowledge and experience. And uh, if you've been interested, ready to dip your toe in the water, then this is an episode you're definitely going to want to check out. And of course, we can ever help you with your marketing. Head over to www.joinmygroup.com.au where we have everything you need and more to help you uh, grow from a marketing perspective. But until then, let's jump into the show. Derek, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate you making the time. Hi, Kim. Yeah, super excited to join you as well. Great to have you here. Now, I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if I met you at a party and we were chatting and I said to you, Derek, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? It's probably global employment, Kim. We, uh, we're the world's biggest marketplace for outsourcing, offshoring. It's all about global employment and the future of work, really. Love that. And so break that down a little bit, because maybe sometimes people have heard about leveraging global employment for businesses and whatnot. What kind of got you into that space and what interested you the most in it at the very beginning? Yeah, I've always worked. So it's it's kind of in vogue at the moment. You know, everyone's talking about remote work and obviously with COVID and everyone's kind of forced into home. Uh, and if they're working from home and not in the office, people are kind of wondering, well, maybe we can sort of source people globally, especially when um, labor forces are so tight and, you know, it's it's difficult to find people. Uh, I started, I've always been into business. Uh, one of my last businesses was in central London with service departments. Uh, and I quickly realized that we needed 24-7 uh, customer support, guest support and bookings and things like that. Uh, and I went uh, to the Philippines to get my staffing there. Uh, it started with customer support, but very quickly I realized everything can be done in the Philippines. So I, I still had a London physical company, but about 90% of my staff were based in the Philippines. They were doing everything from the digital marketing to the web, to the HR, to they were even managing all of the laundry, all of the maintenance, guest arrivals. They were doing all of that remotely from the Philippines. Uh, and I bootstrapped that up to about a $20 million revenue company. Uh, you know, So you can really build really significant things with um, a world-class Filipino workforce. And why do you think it is that the Philippines seems to be the core area where a lot of um, this talent comes from versus obviously there's like many places which have um, maybe lower lower wages than you know Western society. Why why the Philippines? Yeah, it's cool, huh? It's it's kind of like you know when you think of banking, you think of Swiss banking, and and when you think of offshore staffing, you often think of Filipino professionals. You know, often they're associated with VAs, but actually you can get any kind of professional in the Philippines. Uh, look, significantly, it is in the sweet spot of the salaries are cheaper here. You can generally save about 70% on your costs, seven zero. It's been doing offshore staffing for about 30 years, really as, as long as technology has enabled it. So the Philippines and India are the two biggest nations by far that basically do 
offshore staffing. Uh, and, you know, you've got the Tim Ferriss kind of VAs, but also you have a massive industry here that supports services and basically kind of is the back end or even the front end for all of the world's biggest brands like American Express and Facebook and Google and um, Netflix, uh, Zoom is in the Philippines. You know, every single major brand has an office here in the Philippines, um, JP Morgan, uh, Citibank, um, you know, and so a lot of the workforce is done from here. It's, it's the world leader in offshore staffing. And obviously, sometimes, as you mentioned there, like Tim Ferriss and the whole VA process that you know, has been around for a few years now, when people have kind of made the jump to bringing on some virtual support um, and global support, what do you think are some of the errors people make? Because I know that I hear a lot from people, they're like, oh, I tried, I tried a VA and it didn't work or I tried a VA and it, and it wasn't right for me. Obviously, like if you can you know, ha- have that so- sort of reduction, that 70% reduction in, in cost it is great. Like what, what are the, some of the big mistakes that people make though when it comes to bringing on some virtual support? Yeah, look, first of all, I, you know, VAs are good because they bring awareness to the country and kind of Upwork is good as well. But, you know, you get this in in Australia, you get this in the US. And I, I generally say offshoring is exactly the same as employment in Australia or the UK or the US. Um, you have part-timers, you have full-timers, you have professionals, you have casual class, you have MBA graduates from the Ivy League universities, and you also have pretty average people. People generally, when they go VAs, they get them, they aren't seeking the professional class. They are getting people that work from home. They are getting people that haven't had a brilliant stellar career, don't have an amazing CV. Um, They are happy with two or three bucks an hour. And then what do you expect, you know? Whereas there are people, there are Harvard graduates, Oxbridge graduates in the Philippines. There are MBAs in the Philippines. There are people that have incredible careers in the Philippines. Yes, they cost more than $2 an hour, but they are still at a 70% discount to what you would pay for that equivalent person in Australia or the US. So, you know, don't go too cheap. Um, get professionals um, is is one of the major things. Um, and, you know, also the environment, get them full-time, get them working from an office. All of those things will help you avoid the 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 sort of all of that frustration that is so common with with outsourcing and what's the what's the best process for finding those people and having them where they are working at an office versus working at home which it seems to be obviously as well during um you know the pandemic i think a lot of uh workforces everywhere had to work from home how do you find the right sorts of people that have offices available or are willing to go to offices as well Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, just like the employment environment in Australia. Um, You know, if I use New York, for example, there is is a Wall Street in New York. And with Wall Street, you associate a a sort of savvy banker dressed up in a suit wearing a briefcase, you know, and you know that that dude has been to an amazing university. He is career driven. He's going to work 12 hours a day and he's awesome. He's going to cost a lot, but he's awesome. You know, and then compare that to someone that you meet in the park that, you know, um, sort of is happy to watch a bit of Netflix and, you know, he'll give the job a go. Um, it's exactly the same in the Philippines. Uh, the Philippines is 110 million people. There are some, you know, massive, you know, Manila is 20 million people. Uh, and there is a, 
$24 billion outsourcing industry in the Philippines that has been going for about 30 years. These are from very um, sort of, they're in tall, shiny buildings, very established, and they service the likes of Facebook, Google, and things like that. Now, there is the entire spectrum of those uh, businesses that also cater to startups, SMEs, um, mid-sized organizations. So you just find that right person. And actually, our platform helps you navigate the market. Uh, we list uh, about 3,500 outsourcing firms uh, a- across the globe. Amazing. And what was it that obviously, you know, you leveraged outsourcing um, and, you know, the global economy for your business that you had in the UK? What made you want to or like what were some of the big factors for you actually then wanting to build out a platform to support it? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm in business. and um, But significantly with my last business, I was in effectively the hotel industry uh, and I was paying about uh, $400,000 per month in commissions to Booking.com. Uh, and, you know, Booking.com illustrates the value of a marketplace. And it's especially apparent when you're looking for hotels. You know, if, if you've never been to Greece and you're looking for a hotel in Greece, if you don't have a marketplace, then there's no way. You know, how do you find the websites of the Greek hotels? And then how do you know that you can trust those hotels? You need a marketplace. And I, you know, I experienced that firsthand with Booking.com, paying them $400,000 a month. And I realized that outsourcing does not have that marketplace. Uh, and it's already a huge established business. Um, it's been going 30 years. It's about 250 billion US revenues annually, globally, uh, and about 24 billion in the Philippines. And there's no sort of marketplace to help businesses navigate that industry. So, you know, I, I took on the challenge. And marketplaces are very sort of big to build. It's a big undertaking. Um, but, you know, we've had, we've had a great journey and great results. And obviously for marketplaces, you've got to bring the people in, you've got to find the great talent. Like how are you able to navigate the connecting and bringing those people together? Yeah, look, uh, as I say about marketplaces, I, I think if you always bring in the clients, then the suppliers will always happily join. You know, they say that about Uber or taxis. Like if you can bring in the patrons, then the taxis will always join. Uh, and so, you know, we have, we have about 100,000 site visitors to the website um, every month. Uh, we have about 300,000 page views. Uh, and, you know, we spend a huge amount. We also spend about 100K a month on paid traffic. Um, but we also have about 15,000 articles on the website. We have videos. We have our own podcast. You know, we, we spend a huge amount on just providing information um, and education about what outsourcing is, and we support people on that journey. Uh, so inevitably, you know, with 100,000 visitors per month, um, a few of them um, want more information and want to start their outsourcing journey. And we really just help them a little bit like, uh, more like TripAdvisor than Booking.com. You know, we list the BPOs, they can take a look around, they can reach out and have conversations. Uh, and it's really just helping people along that journey. And obviously, um, with that, you probably get a pretty good indication about the types of people when they're ready, I suppose, by the types of articles that they read as well to, to jump across into outsourcing. How does, apart from obviously the reduction in cost, like how does a business know that they're capable of or, or 
going to be able to deal with those people coming on. Some people, you know, you speak to them and they're like, oh, I can only manage people who are directly sitting in front of me type thing. What are the sorts of things that business owners, uh, small businesses should be looking forward to be like, okay, maybe now is time, a good time to start looking for some global support. Yeah, look, it seems that it's either the Tim Ferriss solopreneurs that kind of give outsourcing a go with the VAs or Facebook and Google, but actually, you know, um, outsourcing or offshoring is most applicable to all of the small and medium-sized businesses across the globe. 99% of businesses can probably outsource or offshore 95% of the roles in their business. Uh, and that includes, you know, kind of traditional things like plumbers or electricians or coffee shop owners. You know, you can get all of your marketing, customer support, sales, web, all of the back-end stuff, accounting, bookkeeping, uh, you know, architects can get all of their architecture done. All of these things, you will save 70% on your staffing costs. Um, any web, any, you know, any Amazon stuff, all of these things is readily available in the Philippines. And significantly as well, you know, it is about money saving, but it's also, there is a, there's a skill shortage right now. Um, and it hits the Philippines as well. But, you know, if you're limiting your search to, Perth for your roles, um, you know, just by considering the Philippines, you are opening up to another 110 million people. Uh, and there's, there's, you know, they all speak fantastic English. You would be working with college graduates and you can get, you know, sort of entry-level administrators starting from a salary of 500 US per month. Um, it's, and also added to that, you know, you also have, if you offshore with a with an outsourcing firm, you effectively have the support and understanding and expertise of an industry that's 30 years old. So it's about building processes that work, building an organization that scales, building staffing solutions at scale. You know, you get all of that, plus you save about 70% on costs. You know? So pretty compelling. And what about... Um cultural differences have you noticed much in between like the way that um australians operate and do business and there are any things that sometimes might cause a little bit of friction between obviously uh, the filipino culture and like australia us or uk sort of culture as well yeah it's huge it's huge look um in some ways there is nothing significant but it is a lot of really tiny small nuances that kind of add up uh it's a little bit like look they all speak great english but it's almost like translation and it's a new way of working so you have to enter this with a beginner's mind it doesn't work one for one you almost have to you know learn how to restructure your business a little bit there are nuances there are sort of idiosyncrasies of the Filipino workforce or Indian workforce or Colombian workforce that are slightly different. Um, and so, you know, it's just like picking up a new instrument. But, you know, if you get entrepreneurs that haven't really delegated before and don't really have existing processes, then you're starting from scratch. Whereas if you are a business with already 100 staff with processes in place, it's really like, you know, you can already play the guitar and now you're learning how to play the violin. You know, you, it's kind of a, you're transferring a little bit, but you already have those processes in place. So it's it's a lot smoother. And in some respects, there are no differences at all. But in others, 
there's the nuances that can trip people up and annoy people and frustrate people. So, so again, it, you know, that's we have the website, we have we we can help people with that, but also those the BPO firms can help people with that as well. Yeah, I think that's hugely important. I know for us, like I definitely after reading uh, the Tim Ferriss's book, I went down and I bought on a VA. Uh, did a terrible job of helping them, educating them, teaching them processes. And then I know a good buddy of mine, he's like, if you do it, he's like, yes, you should do it again, but you need to spend all of the time to figure out how you're going to train them properly. Don't just bring them on and be like, do stuff because it's going to be painful and it's not going to work very well. And um, that always stuck with me. So now we have, you know, a team from all over the world and we've been very focused on going, okay, great. We bring them on very clear communication and even just the the uh this the simplest tasks i always look at it and go why didn't we like why didn't that task get the outcome that we wanted and i look at how we communicated it and it's like oh yeah we we didn't we weren't exactly clear on the very specifics of what we want and i think over time obviously teams learn to work with one another and they understand all collectively uh, how things should be done but at the very beginning it, it's it is hard because you sort of presume knowledge you have sometimes with people and like, oh, just do this. And you're like, oh, why Why didn't it come off the way that I wanted? And uh, I know for me, that was a big one, was trying to get those processes right at the beginning was probably one of the hardest things, but one of the things that paid off the most. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of, a lot of the issues found with offshoring is actually fundamental issues of employment and fundamental issues of building and scaling a business and management as well. You know, there's, there's a thousand textbooks on management. There's a thousand textbooks on recruitment, on hiring, on managing, on building a business, you know, and all of these apply still in an offshore environment, but there's also, you're then throwing into the mix slightly different cultures, different ways of communicating. You're then also communicating potentially asynchronously, potentially over Zoom instead of in person. So it just adds another layer. It is not make or break, but it, it, it you know, there are a few nuances as well to it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I highly agree. And now um, I always like to ask a question, um, which is, is there something which I haven't asked you that I should have? Uh, th- there's so much to talk about outsourcing, but but the easiest way is just to get started. Now, if you don't have any staff, it's a big thing to hire your first employee. But if you already have, you know, 5, 10, 50, 500 staff, then get started, you know, hire one person. And as soon as you kind of make that transition, you kind of feel things out, learn things, kind of get to know it over the next three to six months. And then, you know, it is blue ocean for you after that. So there's there's nuances, there's complexities. It's kind of like learning a new language, but really getting started is easy. And often, you know, most often there are very low tie-ins as well. You know, you can typically get 30 days notice if it doesn't work, but it is a game changer once you get it and once it works out, you know, because it it's it's a game changer. You know, it saves you 70% on cost. So uh yeah, just encourage everyone to to explore. That's huge. Yeah. I love that. And then Derek, for anyone that's been listening to this and they're going, okay, I want to find out more. I want to explore, where's the best place for them to connect with um you and your platform online? Yeah, just I mean go to our website, outsourceaccelerator.com. Uh, and you can also reach out to me, Derek Gallimore. You can Google me. I'm on all the usual places. Uh, and also, we're actually bringing a book out soon, Inside Outsourcing. This isn't a book tour yet. It's going to be released in a few weeks. But um, 
but you know that is the culmination of about my 10 years experience in outsourcing and that that actually attends to the cultural differences and term and it also sort of covers the whole industry and how it's set up how the pricing structured so that'd be really interesting once once that comes out but you can just google for that inside outsourcing uh, which is the name of the book and and that'll pop up as well Beautiful. Thank you so much. So guys, wherever you're listening or watching to this, uh, check the show notes above or below. We'll try and link up everything that we can there for you so you can connect with Derek and also just, yeah, if you're looking to explore outsourcing, dive into that. And if you know someone who has a small business, is a small business owner, hasn't made that leap yet, please do share this episode with them because we want to really kind of pull down the walls because for anyone in business, it's definitely, as Derek said, it's worth you assessing because worst case, you come out with some tremendous procedures in place at least and systems hopefully because you have to hand some of these things off so it's definitely worth doing and um, i know that we always look uh, globally for talent now because there is such a, a small pool available locally so um it's hugely important and derek thank you so much for making the time to jump on with us today really appreciate it yeah kim it's been great nice to nice to chat thank you so much